as a young man, some I think 18 years old, got my first Dake's Bible. But uh, man, it's all fixing to unfold, isn't it? It's all fixing to. It, yeah, it is. It is. It's already the events that some of the things we read about when I was just a young man. You know, it's it's here. It's here. You and I could very well be, you know, in heaven before very long. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't be glum about it, okay? Hallelujah. 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 Can I get one, one shout in this Baptist church tonight? Hallelujah. It was the day before, but I was telling the director about it. Uh, my neighbor had this book, uh, her mom had passed away and they were, you know, kind of having an estate type deal. And there was a box of books there and a David Wilkerson book was there and I opened it up and it said 1974 is when it was written. And uh, I kind of thumbed through it and I came across, uh, you know, little subtitles in the chapters. One of the subtitles was, and this is 1974, one of the subtitles was Homosexuality and Lesbianism Accepted in the Super Church. So all the way back in 1974, he saw that. Yeah, yeah. 50 years ago. Wow. What a. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember he back in that same time period. You know, uh, put something about bread will be two dollars a loaf, and back then it was like what 28 cents. People just couldn't couldn't believe it. You know. Yeah, back then. But yeah, what a great great man of God. It's it's here, isn't it? It's definitely uh, living, and of course, Terry's book, Living in the Laodicean Age, right? It's uh, definitely uh, powerful. Powerful times, but for the child of God, it's good news, isn't it? When you see these things begin to come to pass, what do we do? Look up, lift up your head. Amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Rejoice. Praise God. Heaven's pretty good to be with Jesus every day. I'll trade that for this life any day, wouldn't you? Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, we last week uh, finished up on chapter 17, so we're going to go into 18, and then we've got a couple more chapters, and then Terry is going to, we, we've had, you've had John, you've had me, and then Terry is going to do some teaching on Wednesday night here up through... Uh, around the holidays and I don't know what all God's he told me he's seeking the Lord and I know I, I trust and I know that it'll be right on it'll be spot on it'll be a word from God and it'll be just what uh, we need as we transition we're in a little bit of a transition stage too aren't we right now perhaps we're you know waiting to to get the nod and uh, again just excited about what God's I have no doubt I have no doubt he's going to take good care of us amen Hallelujah. He's, whoo, never have I seen the righteous forsaken. Hallelujah. Or his seed begging bread. So, chapter 18. Uh, what, is, what is our, I'm going to see if y'all been listening the last couple weeks. What is our most powerful tool that we have? Prayer. He said it with a megaphone. Prayer. Amen. Should we, should we, should we be using that tool? Every day. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's amazing that God just has this 
church, I think he saw, you know, uh, several months ago, he knew this, this is not by accident that we're studying this on Wednesday night and then also on Sunday in a series on the different kinds of prayer. Amen? It's what's going to uh, uh, transition us. It's going to help us right here at the end of the year in several ways. Amen? Because you're prayer warriors. I know this, this is the cream of the crop here on Wednesday night, so I know you, you pray. So experience spiritual reality. Is that better than virtual <laughs> reality? That's a big, I don't even know what that means hardly, but I guess it's, uh, you know, something virtual, right? Juan, tell us, what is that virtual <laughs> reality? He doesn't know either. All right, anyway, I hear that. I hear it. It's fantasy. There you go. That's a good word. Fantasy land. So I, I know I hear that term in the news uh, media, some virtual reality. I, I think I'll stick with spiritual. How about you? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So chapter 18, we need to pray for reality in the spiritual lives of those in our family. So often we don't know where to start and even more how to pray for them. He's going to talk about these six elements here, and that's question number one. On your handout, if I can get someone. They're all scrambling. John's got it to uh, hand those out there. Then look at six things tonight. And uh, if you have, does anybody need a book? Everybody got a book tonight pretty much that needs... I, uh, I, don't, I don't think I even have any more spares, but uh, anyway. If not, you're welcome to look on with somebody, okay? Number one, saving faith. How many want your kids to experience saving faith? That start, that's, I like that it's number one. That's the most important thing, isn't it? Number two, loving God's word. You know, I'm so thankful for this church. There's a lot of young men in this church that love God's word. And that is, that, that, I can't tell you what that does for me, to see them growing and, and see them just so hungry for more. Amen. Number three, living victoriously. That's, that's, that's important too. Can we live victorious down here? Amen. And one of these days forever and ever. Number four, thinking of heaven. We just talked about that at the start, didn't we? Thinking about heaven and how wonderful it's going to be. And then number five, hating sin. We're going to look at some scriptures tonight that, that talk about that. You know, some, some people, you know, in the culture and the world that we live in, they think you hate them if you stand firm in your convictions. We don't hate them. We hate the sin, amen, that has them bound up and has them uh, lost, you know, and living a life beneath, Right? And so we, we love the sinner, but we hate the sin. And and same thing with our kids. This is kind of applicable to our children, but it's it's more than that. I think it has a, a worldwide connotation as well, don't you? Staying tender toward God. It, is that important? Humility and tenderness and gentleness towards God. So we're going to... Uh, jump in here a little bit on the top of page 288 in my book uh, it talks here a little bit uh, about the disciples that was kind of our, our main scripture here at the start Acts 6 verse number 4 we will give ourselves how often continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word that was their goal every day wasn't it praying seeking God ministry 
So he says here, uh, they understood that God wants to do something great in and through each of us. How many of you believe that, that God wants to do something great in you and through you? And if it's no more than seeing your children and grandchildren, is, is that a pretty good mission statement? Hallelujah. That was my mother's, you know, just, just to see her kids and grandkids and the ones that she loved saved. And bless God, she prayed them all in. Hallelujah. Uh, I want to, and I wrote this out in the column. There are people God has assigned to you to reach. I believe that. It's not just happenstance that uh, this young man that's, that Brian's mentoring. That's not by accident. That, God saw that long time ago he saw that we couldn't see that a year or two ago could we but now we can see that God uh, the Bible says your steps are what ordered ordered of God so man it's every day in fact I, I just uh, uh, a gentleman that I just met uh, yesterday I believe it was he gave me a little card that I really like and I'm going to be I'm going to start ha passing these, these out anybody ever heard of a of a writing by uh, Hartzell Wilson called This is the Beginning of a New Day. Anybody ever heard that? This is powerful. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll get y'all, all of you, a copy of this. But it says, God has given me this day to use as I will. I can waste it or I can use it for good. What I do today is important because I am trading a day of my life for it. When tomorrow comes, this day will be gone forever, leaving in its place something I have traded for it. I want it to be good, not evil, a gain, not loss, success, not failure, in order that I will not regret the price I have paid for it. Is that good? You're never going to get this day again, are you? So I'm, I'm going to memorize that. And every morning when I get up, I'm going to say, this is the beginning of a new day. And uh, it, does it bring life in perspective? You see, God knew what he's doing when he measured out time, didn't he? There's years and months and weeks and days and hours and, and minutes, and we can spend them however we want to, can't we? You know, I, I used to tell young people when I was a youth pastor, you only, you only have one coin that represents your life. Spend it. Spend it wisely, right? Spend it wisely. What are you going to, you know, when, when I stand before the Lord, and we all will, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. I want to know that I use some of these days, a lot of them hopefully, <laughs> right, for the glory and honor of God. So anyway, I, I know I'm digressing here tonight, but we're, we're going to get into this here. Uh, some of you may remember this. It's a story that they talk about here, frontline praying, and I'm sure some of you may even have testimonies. I've heard testimonies of mothers praying for young men in Vietnam back in the, you know, the 60s. And come to find out when they did the math, God would awaken this mother or this deacon or this pastor or whoever up in the middle of the night. And when they did the, the, the time exchange, the, you know, the different time zones, it was right at the time when bullets were flying into the foxhole. So this is kind of a story along those lines there. I don't know if anybody read that, but there, were, there was two American missionaries in, in the Philippines. It was around May of 2001. They'd been abducted and held for ransom. 
they were held there over a year. It was 377 days. Uh, the, the husband was brutally murdered, and uh, the young lady was somehow, Gracia, she was uh, survived. And at his memorial service, there was another lady that used to sing with them in a group that was there. And there was a song that years ago when all of these couples were young, they were in a gospel group together. And they would sing this song, it's from Psalms 18, called Tower of Strength. Tower of Strength. And they would sing that. Well, come to find out, as they visited this lady, talked about it, uh, their life and different things, God had laid on this woman's heart, or this, her, this woman's husband's heart, to sing that song every night at a certain time. Little did he know that that was at the time of night when this woman that was being abducted was going through just unimaginable things going on and she could literally hear that song here he is you know many time zones away in a different part of the world but he would sing that song so read that story if you I'm kind of paraphrasing it some here uh, but come to find out they eventually found out that it was at the very same time he when he, he would do it every night he made it go into his office close the door or whatever and sing this song and it became it's what kept her literally alive through all that uh, torment and, and stuff that she was going through so he, he closes this out by saying uh, there in the last par- the paragraph there under on page 280 yeah 289 the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man makes much power available has that been the theme for this series that you know, that we've been on. So again, just a story there to, and again, you can read it. It's called Frontline Praying. How to pray for reality in your children's lives. And I love this first question. To begin with, how can we pray most effectively for our children? How can we pray? I want to know, don't you? How many would like to know? how to pray effectively for your children. And, you know, a lot of times we just say, Lord, I pray for, and we name our kids and, and stuff. But this, he's put a lot of research and time into this, and these are the things that we're going we're gonna to look at tonight. Number one, pray that they will be genuinely saved. Important. Important. Check box number one, right? Pray that they will be genuinely saved. And I love this scripture here. 2 Timothy 3.15, uh, what was, was his grandmother's name was what? Uh, Lois and Eunice in that book, if I remember right. Uh, they, they, were, they had a godly home, and so here's the scripture from that. Uh, Paul's writing this, his second letter to Timothy, and he says, From childhood you have known the holy scriptures. How do you think this child knew the holy scriptures? Because mom and grandma... Yeah, went around teaching them. Amen. So it's it's very important that we teach our children the Word of God. And I think we're going to talk more about that under number two. But he actually used this script this uh, scripture right here uh, in point number one. Pray that they will be genuinely saved. He was saved probably because mom and dad had taught him the scripture. So right. So they both go together. You know, point one and point two tonight in my. Mind. And he uses a word here, and it's question number two on your handout. Exposure. Everybody say exposure. 
exposure, all right, to the Word of God opens the heart to make a person wise, which in turn leads to salvation by placing faith in Jesus. God's Word says it will never return void. When the Word goes, if you've been speaking the, the Word over a situation or a family member or a, a friend or a co-worker, whoever, just know God's Word will not return void. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, exposure to the Word of God. It will open that heart up, get them ready to, to receive God. We ought to regularly pray that our children will know the Holy Scriptures so that they will become wise unto their need of God's supernatural work inside of them. It's so easy for our children to just know the facts and not experience the reality of seeing that lostness. Only God at work drawing, convicting, and converting can save them. Uh, so anyway, I, and I love this prayer at the end of this first point. Lord, help my children to know the scriptures. Give them wisdom to see that they are lost without Christ and then help them to have faith in him. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So again, point one and two kind of go together. We're going to move on into point two. Pray that they will love God's word. How many of you love the word? Hmm. It's a lamp unto my feet. It's a light to my pathway. Hallelujah. Somebody ever read Psalms 119? That's what, 176 verses, isn't it? Yeah, and nearly, nearly every verse has something to do with the word or statutes or law. or He uses all those words interchangeably. But I challenge you to, uh, to read that, Psalms 119. It'll, it'll give you a love and an appreciation for the word of God. Amen? Hallelujah. So this, the text that he, or the scripture that he uses here on this point is, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Do you love the word as much as a chicken fry? <laughs> huh? Come on now. Hallelujah. I'm, see, I'm having to wait tonight. Somebody brought me chicken and dumplings tonight. Before, Bev, keep your eye on that container right there. That, I shouldn't have announced that. Keep your eye. Put that, put that down inside the booth back there, please. But... But I'm, I love the word more, so I'm sharing the word first, right? And then dessert. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> then then the, the other. But uh, I, I, love, I love the word of God. John and I have talked about this. He was helping me some on this house I was flipping, and we, 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 we would plan to meet at 8 or 8.30, and then it, it eventually got to 10 o'clock. He'd text me and say, man, I'm really digging into I said, yeah, me too, you know. So it would be 10 o'clock there towards the end before we could get over there to start working because we were enjoying, you know, we had the liberty to be into the, in, into the Word of God. And early in the morning is when I love to, that's my quiet time and, and God time. So uh, anyway, it's a good way to start your day, isn't it? I highly recommend it. Praise God. So number three on your handout, uh, any spiritual life, must be built upon the scriptures, which are our only real source of nourishment. That's where I get fed. And the reason we have wimpy, weak, uh, what's another good adjective? Ignorant. There you go. I love it. Anybody else got an adjective? 
sickly, uh, anorexic, depressed people is why. They haven't got their nourishment in the Word of God. That's what it boils down to. They have not got their nourishment. And then we wonder, you know, we wonder, uh, you know, we grow up and complain and whine. Well, man, get into the Word, and the Word will what? Juan turned that around on me the other day. <laughs> he, he remembers that. So it, uh, it, it's very, very important. Number two, pray that they will love God's Word. Who was it that said, I tasted and it was like honeycomb? Ooh, man, David, I think it was. One of his psalms or yeah, wonderful. Job uh, here in paragraph two said this, I have treasured the words of his mouth more, there it is, more than my necessary food. Hallelujah. Have you ever paid attention to how hungry kids eat? Wow. <laughs> they can eat volumes of food. In fact, I've told Bonnie that I don't know if I can afford raising five sons. They eat so much. It's unbelievable how much they can eat. But do you know what Job 23, 12b is saying? That we should hunger for God's word with that same voracious appetite. And it says something here. I don't know if anybody has ever heard this. I've, I've done some youth camps, but uh, it says this. No Bible, no breakfast. No Bible, no bunk. Anybody ever heard that term? At youth camps or something? All right. No Bible, no breakfast. No Bible, no no. Uh, bunk so it said that adage simply means that we should make it a priority to spend time with the Lord before ever starting or ending our day and I know teen challenge and the father's house and all of these spiritual uh, life centers where young men and women are being transformed uh, at a 75 percent success rate or so uh, love that uh, at Brian's graduation his the, the director there mentioned that the world's a system of transforming uh, men's lives has a three to six percent success ratio. Teen Challenge has a greater than seventy percent. It used to be even higher than that. It used to be close to ninety back at one point. Did it not? Do you remember, Jonathan? Eighty-six percent. So pretty good. <laughs> pretty good compared to the world, right? And you know why? Because they, in the morning, from the time they get up, they get into the Word. And then they eat, and they do their chores, and they do, they, uh, do, the, do the day. But, uh, and then back at night, right? Back into the, the Word before you... The Word will transform you, won't it? It will change you completely. God knew what He was doing. Hallelujah. So, Psalms, here's, here's that chapter. Some, Psalms 119.97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Sometimes you get a nugget in the morning, don't you? You just meditate means to chew. Everybody understands that, right? Anybody ever seen a cow chewing their what do we call it? Chewing their cud. They uh, they chew on it a little bit, and then they kind of say barf, <laughs> barf it back up, and they chew it again, and they 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 get every bit of uh, of nourishment out of it they can. They call it ruminate here in the book. They. Uh, it eats grass, chews on it, and then ruminates because they want to get everything. They grab this, everything possible out of their food. Mmm. Wow. Are you getting everything you can out of that scripture of a morning and, and meditating on it and chewing on it? That is, that is some good stuff right there. Next page here, 292. Uh, 
Again, Psalms 119, 165. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Wow. They got the word so much in them that nothing is going to cause them to stumble. Anybody ever stumbled? I know in my own life it was when I wasn't in the word like I should be. I'll be honest, you know. I got saved as a young man, but I, I digressed at a period in my life for a few years and that's when the when I got the t-shirt right <laughs> for for living in the world and uh, uh, got a lot of knots on my head so hallelujah I love the word of God don't you and it says something here I like this kind of and I, I forget the guy that years ago back in the 80s talked about this where you submit someone someone's name into the scripture and he gives an example here he says uh for example, Jeremiah 15, 16, your words were found and I ate them. You might say something like, Lord, I pray that, that Brian would find your word and eat it. You know, you're praying that. You're, you're, you're injecting that person's name right into a scripture. Is that good? I like it. That's a powerful confession, isn't it? Praying it right over them. Uh, uh, and then I think he uses uh, maybe another example here. Open my eyes, open Brian's eyes, that he may see the wonderful things from your word, Lord. So you just, you know, just keep, keep praying the word of God over your children and teaching them the word. And here's the prayer at the end of number two. Lord, let me, or help me be a godly. Now, in my book, I'm, I'm a little nitpicky here, but I put a capital G on that. It's a small letter in my book. I don't know if it is in yours. Godly. I want, I want to make sure... Uh, give him deity a godly example to my children may they not want to depart from the commandments of your lips may they treasure the words of your mouth more than their necessary food I pray that they will think about your words all day long and desire to live by them because they love you so much that's good good prayer number three pray that they will live victoriously do our kids sometime live beneath instead of above it's hard to watch as a parent isn't it when your kids are living beneath rather than above so this would be a powerful prayer right here I'd listen really close on this one if you have a child or someone away from God pray that they will live victorious, victoriously and here's the scripture John 8 32 and 36 and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free therefore if the son makes you free you shall be free indeed. Lord, I speak that over John's life. Amen? They're free in the name of Jesus. They're going to live victoriously. They're going to be the head and not the tail. Hallelujah. God's going to bless them coming in and going out from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. That my kids are going to know God and they're going to walk in His ways. They will live victoriously. Our mouth is then speaking what? Faith. Instead of, instead of watching your kids living beneath and, and, and looking at the problem. And, and I know it's, we're human, right? We sometimes will look at something and say something with our mouth about our kids. But we, we need to get to the place where we're quick. Amen? To cancel that out and say, Lord, I speak the word of God over my kids' lives. Amen? They're going to live victoriously. They're going to know you, walk in your way. So uh, we should pray to see our children living victoriously in John 8, 32, and we just read that. 
uh, scripture there. Living in victory means that they won't want to be in bondage to any sin. I'm in the middle of page 293 right now. To be ensnared, to live in the gutter, in the darkness, in the ways of this world. Is it hard to see your kids living in the gutter? It's tough as a parent, you know, or a grandparent or whatever to see them again living uh, in defeat instead of living in victory. God wants them to live in victory. I believe that with everything that I preach. I believe that that God wants his man, his woman to be living in victory. So as we're training up our children here, we're on number three. Pray. It starts when they're this little that they will live victoriously. They will be champions of the faith. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. How do we pray for that? We pray John 8, 32 and 36, the one we just read. Lord, help, and you can put their name in there, help them to know the truth. Now, here's question number four. What does know mean? You know, in the Bible, we see that word a lot, and uh, it's even used in a sexual connotation to some degree you know Adam knew Eve or whatever and and you see that so if you really go back and look at the old Hebrew word of that it means what to intimately experience now in the Amplified I used to know uh, uh, what the word know I used to know what know uh, meant it's to to perceive can anybody pull up uh, Something with the word no in it in the Amplified Version. Uh, let's see here. Right, well, John 8, 32, right there. John, you shall know the truth. You shall, you shall perceive. You shall recognize. You shall understand uh, several different uh, descriptive words that he uses along, uh, along with that. But it means to intimately experience. It's a, it's a stronger word than than you and I use when we say, yeah, I know about that. I know, I know. It, the, it had a lot more powerful meaning back then, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, powerful, powerful. Anybody find that yet, John 8, in the... In the... Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Let, let, let's just somebody do it here with your iPhone, please, just... Read John eight thirty two or or uh, for me here. Mm-hmm. You got a microphone, John? Okay. Who's got it? Pam, Terry, somebody. All right. Hallelujah. And you will know the truth regarding salvation, and the truth will set you free from the penalty of sin. Okay, he didn't go into it there. Okay, all right. Well, anyway, that's what it means. It, it's, a, it's a powerful, powerful word if you do some word study on that. that that's your assignment for next week, okay? <laughs> okay, make, making people free has been the marching orders of missionaries for the past 2,000 years. A lot of missionaries went off to different countries. Even back, he mentions back in the 1800s, they went off to China. And the only thing they took was their clothes and a Bible. Clothes and a Bible. Right now, on Facebook, uh, uh, Golda is in uh, Kenya. 
right now. And every day she puts pictures on there of what they're out in the orphanages and they're out on the streets and they're in the slums and the ghettos and they're handing out things to children and praying with them. And I can just see the glory of God on their, on their countenance. But they're getting people out of darkness, aren't they? Bringing them out of darkness into light. That You can see the hunger. And when you go to these third world countries, oh, they're just so hungry. They'll just... Uh, I, I can remember one Sunday when I preached in the tent, you know, thousands of people there when we were in India, and the service went from about 9.30 that morning to 2 o'clock, and then we baptized 40 or 50 in water, and I'm trying to get over to the, the little area there to finally get a bite to eat, to re-strengthen. I mean, we're just drained, and people are lined up down, the, they, they want the white man to just to say a, word of prayer or a blessing over they're lined up and you start and eventually the people that the entourage that, that you're with they just dra start dragging you away because said pastor you'd be here till midnight tonight if we you know if we didn't they're that hungry for the word of God man puts us to shame doesn't it puts us to shame wow I'm, I'm chasing rabbits here but uh, wow I want my kids to live victoriously don't you Praise the Lord. Here's question number five on your handout. We need to hate sin and rebellion. And here's the scripture that some of you probably have heard before. It says, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness... Anybody ever been stubborn? Come on now. Preach with me here. <laughs> And <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, I was looking at Sheila. <laughs> okay. And stubbornness, <laughs> messing, messing with you, is as, <laughs> Amen. What'd you say, Jonathan? Uh, <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Amen. Yeah. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. First Samuel fifteen. We therefore ought to faithfully pray for victory in our. Are there stubborn children? Can, have you ever raised two kids or three and they're all a little bit different, aren't they? Who was the stubborn one in your, in your circle, Pam? Um, Tina, okay. <laughs> stubborn, I'm telling you. It reminds me, we were doing a drama one year. I was a youth pastor down in Ardmore years ago and it was kind of a living nativity and we were going to bring this donkey <laughs> down the center aisle with this guy on it worked fine in practice you know everything just went great but I mean here's the drama it's coming it's coming the donkey's lined up at the door I'm there I was one of the guys pushing the door open for the guy riding it that donkey planted all fours right in that carpet and he was not moving we we grabbed him by the tail we tried to shove him we did everything we could to try to get that donkey down the aisle so finally the guy jumped off and just walked just walked in, but is that, is that stubbornness? Anybody like that here tonight? I hope not. Not that stubborn, right? Amen. God break that, right, over our children's lives. He can, can he? Amen. So we, number three, we'll hurry on here, is teaching your children and praying that they will live victoriously. I want my children to live victoriously, don't you? And as, when they were in my household, I wanted to give them the tools where they could live victoriously amen so we give them the word we give them prayer we give them everything that we can 
I think that's the, uh, the goal of a parent is to send, you know, raise them and send them out where they can live an overcoming life for the Lord. Number four, pray that they will love thinking about heaven. Do you, do you ever talk to your kids about heaven? Should, right, when they reach a certain age. You know, I, mean, I know sometimes when they're younger, it's uh, someone dies, and, and that's kind of an opportunity to, to start teaching them about heaven because that, they'll have a lot of questions. They're, they're used to grandpa or grandma or whoever it is uh, being around, and they're going to they're going to they're gonna wonder about heaven. You can teach them, can't you? Right here. Pray that they will love thinking about heaven because for the child of God, it's, it's, there's never a goodbye. It's I'll see so long. I'll see you in a little bit, right? So long. We're going to be together again, you know. So it's, it's teaching them to, to love heaven. And here's the scripture, and it is one of my... Favorites. I have to admit, I've got a lot, but Colossians 3, verse 1. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are where? Above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. And then it goes on, for you are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Is that good to teach our kids about heaven? Hallelujah. We should pray to see our children loving to think about heaven. He uses this scripture, Proverbs 23, 7a, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Get to thinking about heaven. Tonight when we were singing the, the, the Lamb song, that, how many of you were thinking about heaven? It's, you know, it's, it's a good thing to do, and it's good to teach our children about it. In Colossians 3, 1a, according to the Greek, it should more literally read, since, since then you were raised with Christ, it's a fact. He put that in parentheses. Seek those things which are above. Since you've been raised with Christ, change what you are focusing on and start laying up treasures in heaven instead. Man, that's good, isn't it? We get so caught up in making a buck down here. I want to lay up some eternal treasures. Amen. Make a difference in people's lives and, and uh, wow, get to spend eternity with them. So uh, this is uh, number six here, and we're, we're going to have to move just a little bit faster here as we wind up. Y'all, I think we had to do that last week. I get to telling stories and, and uh, we'll uh, chasing rabbits. Most of us, number six, will strive to get anything we really, really what? Want. Even at the cost of what? Great sacrifice. Great sacrifice. We will, man, when I was in sales, I would put a picture of something on the refrigerator, and then I'd go get it. I wanted a 350Z car one time, a red one. I saw it. I was down in Bricktown. It turned the corner, and I was like, <laughs> watching that thing, and I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get me one of those. And I put a picture of it on the refrigerator and I worked hard that year and at the end of the year I got a big bonus and I went I went down and got me one of them hallelujah so we will we'll make the sacrifice well I did have to make some sacrifices I had to cut back and do some things but that was a and that's probably a, a foolish temporal type thing to get your eyes set on it should be set on something else like building a church right but again just an example of you know we, we if we really want it we'll make the sacrifice won't we okay number five here uh, pray that they will find sin repulsive. I love that. 
hate sin, find it repulsive. By faith, Moses, I love this, Hebrews eleven twenty four. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing, here it is, rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. He could have lived like a king in the palace, but he heard enough of God from his mother's knees, holding him on her knees. She, remember, she got to raise him. She, he still lived in the, in the king's house, but I'm sure mama was teaching him the scriptures, teaching him the word of God, and he chose rather to be with God's people than to be with the ones that were partying and having a great time, didn't he? So, uh, powerful scripture there. Uh, again, sin should be repulsive. A lot of stuff here on that. I think we all know that sin is not is not good for us, and I believe most of us here tonight are living a life of, of victory. Now, just teach that to your to your children. So, number seven over on page two ninety eight, Proverbs twenty seventeen. Bread gained by deceit is sweet to a man, but afterward his mouth will be filled with gravel. What this means is that here it is, number seven. At first, a secret sin may seem to be sweet because nobody knows about it. Anybody ever done a secret sin? Yeah. But it can quickly turn sour, can it? It can feel so good and wonderful at the moment, but, you know, the shame, the guilt, the, all the stuff that comes along with it. You know, Proverbs is a book of wisdom, isn't it? And that's kind of one of those wisdom nuggets there. my phone yeah. or I have yeah. to hide this or that and he goes I feel so free yeah. and so that sin is just such bondage yeah. living in deception mm -hmm. yeah. yeah isn't that powerful hallelujah <laughs> I think she loves you Brian <laughs> proud of you I'm telling you I'm telling you you've got a good reason to be Hallelujah. So we, uh, number five, we got it. Number six, pray that they will stay tender toward God. Is that important? Pray that they'll stay tender. And I have prayed that for, for a lot of young men and women in my life, that they will stay tender. I uh, was talking with someone just the other day, this week, that, that brokenness is good. Humility is good. It's good to be broken, isn't it, before the Lord? Sometimes our pride uh, needs to be to be broken. We we begin to, you know, uh, look at ourselves and begin to, you know, get prideful. And humility is a good thing. So pray for your children that they'll stay tender toward God. Jesus said, "Except a man humble himself as a little child, what he will in no wise enter." to the kingdom of heaven is that strong pretty strong isn't it so pray they'll stay tender hearted number eight the word humble comes from a word meaning to make oneself low I like that I'm not up here right I'm a servant I'm right here amen hallelujah and number nine uh, we're like I said we're speeding 
through this. Uh, it's on page 300. Uh, it's kind of at the end of it, building a strong foundation. Parenting is much like building a what? A wall. A wall. It's a foundation for our children, isn't it? If the foundation's not good, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jesus talked about it. Then he said, "The foolish man built his house." Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm with you. Yeah, he uses wall, but yeah, I'm talking about uh, uh, a foundation is a wall turned laying down, right? <laughs> okay, so we're talking about that. But Jesus used the analogy of sand and, and rock, didn't he? The foolish man built his house on the sand and the winds came and blew and great was the fall of it but the wise man uh, built his family and built his house on the on the on a rock so so number nine parenting is much like building a wall a foundation and then lastly we have a part number 10 it's on that same page we prop up the walls in their lives with our standards should parents have standards for their children should some things not be allowed in their home? Amen. Conviction, right? Amen. How many of you live by your convictions? I hope you do. Amen. It's very important. You know, there's certain movies, certain things, certain... I know right now Sheila's on a rampage against uh, darkness, evil. She said she can't even drive down the streets of her neighborhood. There's not evil goblins and, and scary, bloody, you know, all this skeletons and... Exactly, they got Santa Claus and the reindeer. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. We can do anything else, but it number the first blank is uh, the walls and the lives with our standards, our parenting rules. Should parents have rules in their house and expectations, right? And then the way that you enforce those rules is through what punishment and rewards. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Did y'all put whipping? Now, come on. We got to be good to them children a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to beat it into you here. You know, Proverbs says, you know, beat a child. You won't kill them. Of course, you know, we take that uh, with a grain of salt there. But definitely uh, uh, rewards and punishments, right? Hallelujah. When they do good, let them know. Build them up. You know, even my my dog at my house, when he does good, I, I'm patting him on the head. Boy, boy, good boy, buddy, good boy, man, you know. So kids need that too. But then they, when they break the rules, they need to uh, be enforced, and not just occasionally, consistently. Consistent, steady discipline. I told you not to do this. You did it, and now... Did, what did dad say? Well, you're going to get a spanking, I think. Yep, yep, gonna, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. Was that right, Sheila? Hallelujah, that's right. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Thank you. I went over about five minutes here, but thank you all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I don't, get a re- I don't get a cookie, but I do get chicken and dumplings, okay? No one's... Bev, put that down. There you... All right, <laughs> Juan, I know we'll try to get that. All right. Juan, why don't you pray tonight? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I just thank God for Bible study. 
And Heavenly Father, we just thank you for just allowing us to come to Zion just one more time. You know, and this is where our help come from. This is where our strength come yeah. from. We come here on Wednesday nights to get more knowledge, to share more personal experiences, Lord. And God, as we go through the week, Lord, you just go with us. As we go on the highways, as we go to our jobs, Lord, we just, 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 just be that breath of fresh air, Lord, and just be that positivity that the world needs and all and without everything that's so negative that's going on, Lord. Just give us strength, Lord, and let us just be positive to somebody else. If we see somebody with their head hung down, let us tell them about yeah. God and all his grace and all his mercy because you know that this world will beat you down. But, God, you said you came to lift up the hung down heads, and through us, Lord, They'll know that we are your disciples indeed, Lord. We thank you for your word and for your bread that you laid out here tonight, Lord. And just let us go home with us. And let, let us instill these morals and these discipline into our kids. Because raise them up in a way that we will have them to go. And when they get old, they may leave, but they won't depart. They'll always know where home is. Amen. These many blessings we ask in your precious name. Amen.